Just one announcement, reminder that there's the opportunity to obtain an indulgence to assist the souls in purgatory by visiting a cemetery and praying for the dead. It's a plenary indulgence when done November 1st to the 8th and in accord with the usual conditions, meaning making a devout holy communion, receiving absolution in confession, having no attachment to sin, and praying for the Pope's intentions. Uh, we have these uh, little holy cards that are out in the back of church. Uh, and they, if you look on the back side of it, they explain how to obtain the plenary indulgence as a reminder uh, to assist uh, the poor souls, as we call them, in, in a particular way in this month of November, but we should never uh, forget to pray and uh, to seek to assist the souls in purgatory by our prayers. Those who have come to faith and who have been baptized are numbered among God's holy ones, the saints. And though we tend to normally think of the term saint in its most restrictive or specific meaning, that is, the canonized saints, we should be aware that the term has wider meanings too. Yesterday, the church placed before us one such wider use of the term saint, in that we commemorated in one celebration all we might call the anonymous holy ones who are in heaven, who are saints, but whose lives are not as known as the canonized saints. Today, the church reminds us that we should not forget the souls of the just who have passed from this life and who may still be awaiting full entrance into heaven after some period of cleansing purification, a time of purgation. For the souls in purgatory are among that widest meaning of the word saint, including we baptized who are still among the church militant on earth. The church annually commemorates the souls of all who have died in Christ on All Souls Day, today, November 2nd. This commemoration of all the baptized dead necessarily makes us confront death, that reality that is at times foreseen and sometimes sudden, but always mysterious, for at one moment a person is alive and with us, and the next moment he is not. When a person dies in the body, he passes beyond this veil. The body deteriorates, and the soul, being spiritual and eternal, lives on awaiting the general resurrection at the end of time. A soul that dies in unrepented mortal sin dies in separation from God and remains in that state for all eternity in hell. A soul that dies in the perfect state of grace has immediate passage for all eternity to heaven. Yet, we recognize, too, another class of possibility. That is, those souls who at the time of death are not guilty of unrepented mortal sin, and so are just, are holy, but who are not perfectly holy. They are just souls, souls in the state of grace. And while ultimately destined for heaven, they have lesser sins, imperfections and temporal punishment to be completed to make repair for past sinfulness. There are two things to consider when we pray for the deceased. The first 
is that we are called in charity to pray for all the deceased. It is a gift to them. It is the right thing to do. We should hope that all people repent and desire the eternal life God generously offers. But we do not know the state of a person's soul. We are not the judge. So we might ask, what happens to our prayers? What happens, in other words, to the grace of the prayerful gift we make for souls? It must be noted that while we pray for all the deceased, our prayers cannot assist a soul in separation from God because there is no help that can be given such a soul. It also must be noted that our prayers do not assist a soul in perfect grace who goes immediately to heaven because such a soul has no need of any help. Our prayers can and do assist those just souls in purgatory who are enduring purification as they await fullness of heavenly life, which is the destiny of all souls in purgatory. We call these souls the poor souls because while in the state of grace, they still need help. They are undergoing purification. They are awaiting full entry into heavenly life. We pray and we must leave to God to apply that gift to those souls who need our help and who may receive it. That's the second thing we keep in mind as we pray for the deceased. We categorize these souls as the souls in purgatory, those who need our help and who may receive it. In charity, we should not forget them. We should aid them by the merits of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, by that laudable and long-standing custom of having Masses offered for the deceased. We offer prayers, too, for specific souls, those of perhaps our relatives and friends, but we should also maintain prayer more gen generally for all the souls in purgatory. The indulgence associated with visiting a cemetery and praying for the dead, which we've been promoting, is another great gift to offer the poor souls. In doing all this, we hope that we ourselves will not be forgotten when we pass, for we may well need all of God's holy ones to assist us in our purgation. The All Souls Day Masses, like a funeral mass or any requiem mass, is marked by a certain somber atmosphere. And you see many visual cues of this somber atmosphere before you. The vesture of the sacred ministers is traditionally black, the color associated with mourning and death. The altar and tabernacle because it is the place from which the bread of life comes to us, is never vested in the color of death, but is vested in purple as a reminder that repentance is needed in the face of impending death, and a reminder also that our penances may assist the poor souls in need. This year, I revived an older, long-standing custom in the Catholic faith, that of using unbleached 
candles. You might be wondering what's going on with the candles this evening. It's a long-standing custom, known about it for a long time, just never bothered to do it. And then I noticed that they did it at Queen Elizabeth II's funeral. They still maintain that custom, and I decided I was tired of Anglicans getting to do Catholic things and not Catholics. <laughs> so I ordered the candles finally. But the point of that change in the color of the candles is that the bright white of festivity, the normal color of our candles, gives way to the more somber, unbleached candle. All of this points to our confrontation with the mystery that we cannot avoid on All Souls Day, the mystery of the soul's passage through death to eternal life. It is our faith that at the general judgment at the end of time, the bodies of the deceased will rise to be reunited with the soul, as is our proper way to exist as human beings. The soul will then experience its eternal judgment in the resurrected body. The question is what kind of eternity, what kind of judgment, what kind of resurrection will it be? As we heard in the gospel, Will it be a resurrection of life, meaning heaven, or a resurrection of condemnation, meaning hell? For we, the saints still on earth, we have the current gift of time to repent, to pray, to confess our sins, to grow in virtue, and to be nourished by the saving gift of the Holy Eucharist. We join the saints in heaven in praying for the poor souls, and we humbly entrust those who have died to the generous mercy of God, through the spotless hands of Mary, the mother of mercy. And we pray, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and all the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen.